0: Happy Tuesday. I'm not sure if you've heard by now if you're listening to this podcast. Did, have you heard yet that the new Corvette C8 has been announced <laughs> and released? I don't know if you heard. I What? Yeah. I don't really follow cars Yeah, yeah. Since much. since, since we last podcasted, it's almost <laughs> all you and I have talked about. We've been to car events. That's all those have talked about. And when you guys posted, when we post for questions, you guys send in questions. It's almost all you guys are talking about. So guess what? <laughs> We're going to talk about it some more. I'm trying to limit the posts on social media. So far, I've only posted one Corvette <laughs> I photo. Oh, yeah. I haven't
1: gone and dug for the mm-hmm. you know all the press photos, they're they're out there of course. But I wanted to play with a configurator, which we did, and we're kind of liking the various blue shades and you know playing with trim and wheels and that kind of. That kind of thing. So it's, it's fun to, to look at. But we do have some announcements before mm-hmm. we dive into all this madness. We've got a pretty cool Topic Tuesday that
0: I kind of went nuts on, actually. I went a little crazy to it. Did and you? It, and it's not, it's not even Corvette-related, which is yes, exciting. So none, there'll none be, of this There will be is. very little Corvette in the in the but, Topic uh, Tuesday about uh, everyday driving ev- evolution, which is fun.
1: But the debate is because Patrick T. in Minnesota writes to us. He said, should I buy a new C7 now that the C8 is here? And, Patrick, I've been holding off on answering yeah. your email until the new Corvette was released yeah. so we can properly talk about it. Now that we know specs and stats, and, and I also
0: doing. posted. I mean, I also actually took note of some questions that I want to answer at the end that are not related to the Corvette C8. So if you're if you're if you're <laughs> kind of over the C8, I promise you there'll be some non C8 uh, discussion in here. But my gosh, you guys have questions and thoughts and comments. Well, before you and I do too. We've been we've been no, dicing this up pretty true. finely, and so we need to share more of our thoughts now that it's yes. marinated a few days. Yes, for sure. Deal. Two other things though that are going on. First off, Monday the 29th, that is coming up in about a week. So uh, keep in yeah. mind that that will be a live stream podcast on the Grios Garage channel. You will see our episode for next Tuesday, a week from today. Next Tuesday's audio podcast will be recorded as a live stream at the Griot's Garage on Monday, July 29th, about 5 or 6 p.m. Pacific time. We will lock that down one day. That, yeah. We're figuring out our, our actual time frame for the day. But keep that in mind. There will be a live stream of the podcast. They have a really cool live stream setup that they have built for other reasons. We're going to be part of that, which means you'll be able to see us. Yeah. There will be multiple cameras. All of this will be very cool. We're excited about doing that. Yeah, we've got Nick
1: on the podcast with us, so it's yeah, good yeah. to have him back and just kind of talk about all things, uh, you know, upcoming for the rest of the year, what yeah, they're going to be, be doing, and uh, yeah, it's just it's nice to talk with those
0: guys. Probably some SEMA discussion in there. Probably a, some a touch of driving or two. cars. I think a couple of cars <laughs> will get driven. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna be just about GRIOS product. It's gonna be kind of car madness, and I'm very excited about it. Well, and then the week after that, we've got our Utah meetup, obviously mm-hmm. here in Utah, and yeah. a
1: variety of activities. If you are are coming, we'd love to see you. You don't necessarily need to sign up. You can just show up. We'd love to see you, but it does help us keep track of if you're doing meals it and helps, various yes. you know, events during the day, if you're mountain biking, if you're going out to the track, if you're hiking, whatever you're doing, it just kind of helps us keep track of There's what's going some on.
0: minimal fees, and we would prefer the registration mainly just because it's helping us with admin and just kind of wrangling this, which we were not quite prepared for how big it was last year. Right. So you That's guys are really did. helping us, but, yeah. but there's very minimal charge. We've got a lot of people coming in from out of town. We've got a lot of you locally here that are going to join us i'm incredibly excited about it because we've got just kind of a greatest hits of the stuff we do around here is all happening all week there's a we're doing the outer rim of uh, that sounds like something out of a space movie but we're doing the outer <laughs> outer circuit of our local track here which is really cool configuration yeah, for sure most of the time it's one of the two halves and there's only a few times you, you can do the, do the outer circuit we're doing that and of course yeah mountain biking and There'll be lots of eating. That'll happen because, you know, cars and eating, right? So there's all that, too.
1: <laughs> big shout-out to our friends at Speed Vegas. That particular episode just aired mm-hmm. on yeah. Motor Trend Network, and uh, that'll soon go to Amazon Prime once Season 5 goes to Amazon Prime and Vimeo. But just a big shout-out to those guys for having us on track. Uh, that was back in March. Was that March uh, when we were there? March. March April. Yeah, march And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing trophy trucks. We were driving on track mm-hmm. and some pretty hot stuff. And so we yeah, look forward for to sure. sharing that episode if you haven't already caught that. But... You know, if you are a listener or you're a fan of the show and you do happen to find yourself kind of bored in Vegas, even though I know that's a strange <laughs> statement.
0: Everybody does Vegas sh- a little bit differently, but yes. They
1: have shuttles that will pick you up from hotels and that's take true. you out to that's the track, true. which is located just south off of I-15, just mm-hmm. south of the inter- of uh, the whole town, actually. Yeah, if you've off driven the to Vegas
0: from Los Angeles, you've driven right by Speed you've, Vegas. You've seen yeah, it. Yeah. A huge
1: sign. And so just say, hey, I'm a fan of Everyday Driver, fan of the show. And, uh, you know, hey, would you guys take care of me? And they definitely will. So just, will, yeah. They've been so gracious. So anyway, uh, we've got to get to this uh, <laughs> the discussion here because it's something that the more that the stats and specs that have come out about the C8, mm-hmm. the more we keep thinking out loud, well, what about that car? And what about this situation? Many of you You're have right. asked. I've got a list of people who have asked. Yes, well – so I, I have this friend who's okay. Pontiac guy, mm-hmm. GM guy. Yeah, he is. I don't know if he has any tattoos, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's like <laughs> He's got a chipping bow tie on him somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, like GM, you know, or yeah, a yeah. drag radial like tattooed on his back somewhere. So he's totally into GM, loves him. And I see him, uh, you know, every so often and uh, saw him the other day on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, of course, we're like, all right, so what do you think, C8? And the first thing out of his mouth was... Best car company on the planet.
0: <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah okay. Well, all right. we're, all, we're all, I'm speaking for all car people collectively right now. We're all a little overly freaked out. We all need to calm down. We're all like we're all like my my, my son's puppy in the morning. It's just like you know what you know. feed yes. me. Feed me feed we're me. all very excited. We need to calm down. And I have a couple basic, basic places I want to talk about that. But the reason that we're all so excited, this happened to you and I in the last couple of days. We do what we always do when a new car is announced. Mm. We see the announcement, and then... (laughs) Freak out, and then temper ourselves? No, no, no. That happens too, and then there's ranting and stuff. But what what I mean, I mean like legitimately, we sit down and think about it in terms of the show. When can we get that car? What season of television do we think that might be? What kind of production can we do, and who do we put it with? Right. This is where the problem came in. Because (laughs) we just kept thinking of stuff it would be interesting to put alongside the C8. I created a list, and I kept adding to it. I know you did.
1: Keep going. So, Coloradical emailed us. Well, uh, it was a social media posting, and said he's still waiting on the end of the year new Z car plot twist. Mm-hmm. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. bring that. I, I would love it if mm-hmm. Nissan is secretly, you know, <laughs> twirling their fingers and that'd be amazing. You know, we can't wait to drop this <laughs> on yeah. y'all. You know, so fingers I, steepled with a cat in their lap. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. I don't know. And, and speaking in a Texas accent too, maybe. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we thought about the Toyota Supra. Which is just barely in dealerships at this yes. recording. Just yes. it's been announced. We were at the uh, the press launch. Mm-hmm. There's a few videos out there comparing it to other cars. Mm-hmm. But we thought we okay, all right. So the new Supra is touching sixty thousand.
0: It's it's fifty it's fifty to fifty five, and maybe if you if you throw in extra stuff, you might hit 65. Well, the yeah, launch edition, you know, for yeah. right now. Fifty seven. Yeah, yeah.
1: Whatever. And then we hear just under sixty thousand as a starting price. For the 2020 Corvette, for the new Stingray, okay, yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. the starting price. Obviously, it mm-hmm. goes way up from there. We think, huh? So why, why would you get the Supra if you're getting all more, you know, all this greater stuff, yeah. mid-engine? And then it occurred to me: the only reason, because Toyota is kind of screwed right now. They've just lost if the you're Supra. Toyota, and, I think you're
0: sweating a little bit, yeah, a, a yeah. lot. Yeah,
1: and I think the only way they stay in the conversation, the big collective conversation, they have to offer a manual they're yeah, obligated yeah. now to offer a manual because that is something that corvette based on the interior the architecture yeah, the layout yeah. we don't think that'll ever happen because they're going to hybrid and you know plug-in hybrids and electrics from there we'll we'll get to that in a moment but i think the only reason the super is suddenly wait me too no we're still new no look look back <laughs> over here wait no over here wait
0: is that they offer a manual Well, it's it's interesting you bring that up also because, you know, I've talked about this a little bit. The interior of the C8, you've already touched on it a smidge. If you look at that interior, there's nowhere to really put a stick shift. But you look at the interior of the Supra, you can go, oh, it just plugs in right there. It'll look look fine. You don't have to do a whole lot. You don't have to rethink the interior for a manual on the Supra, whereas you would for the C8 based on the way they've, they've kind of done that center tunnel. Right. Right. Which is a problem. But you're right. So that, that's an issue. There's tons of other things on the on the the planet that we could throw it up against. I want to touch on some of those. However, I I wanna I wanna I wanna say one little thing to calm us all down for a second, a little bit of perspective. <laughs> a lot of commentary is out there about under sixty thousand dollars. This is this has never happened before. Nobody's ever offered an exotic car that cheaply. Nobody's ever offered mid engine to the common man. This has never happened. Everybody calm down. A <laughs> couple of things. One, technically, technically, I don't know if you thought about this, the Porsche Cayman and Boxster are both under sixty grand base price. Now, I know the thing right behind that. because base, 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 base. Yes, because you're never going to find them that way because Porsche loves their add-ons. Of and the cheapest ones you're really going to find are seventy. But I submit to you that so will the, the vets you want. By the time you add the Z fifty one, which you don't have pricing on yet, and the nice interiors, and the I'd like that color, and the this kind of thing, I suspect the cars you're gonna want for the Corvette now, this is still incredibly affordable, but the cars you're gonna want for the Corvette C eight are going to be seventy grand. I'd only, say at least seventy yeah, and, at and and, and up, up to eighty without trying very oh, hard. Yeah. So yeah. so yes, let's all calm down. The, the the Cayman and the Boxster are under sixty, but let me go you one further. Hmm all of these never been offered before exotic mid engine blah 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 the alpha 4c loaded is 70 and yeah. base price is 65 yeah, yeah and yeah. I'll go you one further did you remember this hmm. the lotus i had to look it up the lotus elise when it was offered new was 40 was it really was 40 brand new mhm what was the last year that was offered new in the states uh 2011 11. 11. Okay. And of course if you got all the bells and whistles later in its life it was touching like 55, 57 something like that. But that was brand new. So so let's all let's all back away from the never happened before. <laughs> now I I understand. I look, I hear the other side of all of these arguments. I understand. The Corvette is going to be more mass market, more usable. I get all of that. But this isn't a never happened before. Very true. No, that's a great point. And I, and I feel yeah. like I'm I'm sensing a lot of this. Nobody's ever done this. Nobody's ever offered a mid-inch for less than $100,000. Not true. Really cool cars have been offered for that. It's just the, those cool cars, and let's be honest, Cayman, Boxster, 4C, Elise, they're niche. This has the sure. potential to be less niche than those cars ever were because this is the power of Chevrolet <laughs> and the Corvette brand. These are going to be everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> the 2020 Corvette, less niche than you thought. Well, Come yes, buy our Corvette. But, but it's less niche. We have already heard about plenty of people that are guys that are shopping in the fifty dollars to $60,000 range that are like, I'm putting in a deposit. But other guys that are exotic buyers that mm-hmm. are putting in. The, the fact that you've got that swath of folks that are already going, I think I'd like a Corvette. That's never happened before. That's a victory already, and haven't even sure, sold one yet. Sure. Well, you know me; I'm list guy. I like making lists of, mm-hmm. you know, thinking of
1: cars, and so I want to share with you the the giant and growing list of cars because. You're right. Even though we think, wow, it's under sixty, can any of us actually go plunk down sixty thousand dollars for a car right now? That's not a normal common reality. That still I mean, it happen. It's still an expensive yeah. car. Absolutely. Let's that. apply Absolutely it to is. you know something else used. Mm-hmm. But that is where the discussion comes in mm-hmm. because at we'll we'll call it seventy five okay. for that, for yeah. fairness I think for balance. That is, a, that
0: is a very fair price. For Let's the car. call it seventy five yeah. as
1: yeah. that's my budget. That's a mm-hmm. consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what else could you go buy? Wow. And by wow. the way, this friend of mine who, you know, claims that GM is the best car company in the world. I heard that story, mm, yeah. <laughs> he said, why would anybody go buy a Cayman? And I said, well, there's going to be hardcore purists like this guy who will still want Caymans. <laughs> yes, fair, fair, fair. I, I'm still going to just go buy them because they're going to be even smaller and lighter and more nimble and, yeah. you know, lots to love there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we mentioned the Supra. Mentioned the Cayman. What about a 911? $75,000 versus the new Corvette? Yeah. And you can you can tell me, you can come at me, well, it's just gonna be a Chevy and the build quality and it's gonna be, you know, exposed screw heads. No, it's probably gonna be pretty darn good. It looks pretty great, yeah. How about a Nismo Nissan 370? Yeah, that's in trouble. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe use, okay, but then what about a used? Nissan GTR, you remember mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. ten years ago, the world beater. It's the cheap supercar.
0: It's crushing yeah. every nine yeah, eleven. Yeah. Well, now they're two hundred thousand dollars brand new. If you get the but the Nismo ones, everything, yeah, yeah. But if you get a new 70. one, you get a new one. They're over a hundred. A new, yeah. not one that's right. not the Nismo. It's well over a hundred. And yeah, now that you get the twenty tens, you don't know, the two thousand nines because they have a tendency to you know drop their transmissions on from the made. payment. <laughs> but after that, you get the twenty tens and up. You're right; those are still going to be. What about right a GTR? Okay, button. so, so right. it's going to yeah. be a
1: heavier car. It's a front engine it's got a lot of power but all-wheel drive the handling probably the field just 60. isn't
0: there probably what the corvette will give you well yes another brief tangent while on you're on your on list taj i can't remember his last name taj is hard enough to remember but taj the guy that has been the the main chassis lead guy oh the engineer head engineer yes. guy yeah yes. yeah yeah He is the reason the C7 is as brilliant as it is. And he's been on the program since, I think, the C5. Mm -hmm. But he's the reason the C7 is as brilliant as it is. I have no doubt with him in the lead, this car is going to be phenomenal to drive. Absolutely. But nobody's driven it yet. But yeah. it's going to be phenomenal to drive. The, the he was the, great on stage. He had his sort of mad scientist rumpled look on stage, the, the, you know, the, unbuttoned
1: the, and askew, and but
0: but combed with a blowtorch. Uh, yeah, but it's going to be awesome. I mean, that guy is is known to be a really good driver. I think he has some race background. He, yeah, that's the reason that car is so awesome. It's going to have Magna ride, which is amazing. Yeah. Like the fourth generation of that's going to be fantastic. The, core, the the yeah. one of my one of my other notes here is as, as we're all getting so excited about ourselves. At the, the price, the, not the price, the weight listed, mm-hmm. 3,400 pounds, mm-hmm. is the dry weight. That's a no-fluids weight. Dry, which is a tease. That's a head fake. Um, so, Come on. Uh, Give us the real weight. So, okay, that means 3,600, 3,700 pounds. Now, please don't get me wrong. This is what most of the latest hybrid supercars weigh. You know, your, your 918s and your NSXs, those are heavy cars, too. But when you think about the fact that the current vet is running thirty two hundred, this is probably going to be four hundred pounds heavier than that. And we are—I know they're not the same car. I know they're not, but we're talking twice as heavy as the Elise. Yeah, sure. This is a this is a genuinely large car. Now you can. But I the know, power increase. The counter along argument: with that. Yes, I've got two golf bags and, a, and an overhead carry. Oh. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a, it's a much more usable car. But the good news is the golf bags are enclosed in a separate area of the
1: car. They're not like McLaren does and suddenly you could have a 3 wood spearing through the <laughs> cabin at any moment just laying beside you. No no yes. no, they're actually Fair point. encapsulated in the back. More with this list, if you're considering an Acura NSX, why wouldn't you save some money? Because yeah. the question is, I'll say, all right, so you spent all that money on a cool new NSX. Mm-hmm. Awesome, brilliant yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, very cool. What would you get? What what did you get over the Corvette? What you spent more money and you mm-hmm. got
0: what yeah. the
1: feeling it, was it twenty one percent
0: better? Was yeah. it forty two percent better? Well, this is always the tough argument about cars that are affordable and offer a lot. I mean, look, I'll, I'll go crazy. This is this argument can be applied to uh, the eighty six versus the Supra. Sure, sure. I mean, we can start to go. You know, did you get twice as much fun? Did you get thirty oh, percent no. more fun? What this percent is hard. did you get more? This is did, difficult. You enjoy your drive more. Did yes, twenty-five percent more. This is what's crazy about actually shopping with a real budget and going. <laughs> what did I get for my money versus the flash of it? Yeah, used BMW i8s will soon be seventy-five thousand dollars. You can find them Not, now. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, yeah. Why would
1: you go? Wait. How about an F80 M3? Yeah, seventy-five well, grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a mid-engine, cool, brand-new, hot. That all day long. What Corvette has done Mm -hmm. is create the Apple, it was iPods, and then now the iPhone and gadget problem. Because the new one comes out and everybody goes, oh, (laughs) I should have (laughs) waited. Darn it. Apple. Audi R8. Mm -hmm. Lotus of War 400. McLaren 570S or GT. How point. much more are you enjoying that co- I'm asking. Maybe it is more. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm leaving all the all this
0: is open for discussion. You're all like, of these. You know what? It
1: actually is better. You're like better all of
0: these with an, elite, an ellipse after them. You're going, huh, yeah, oh, because, yeah. and this is back to what we talk about all the time, you've got to drive these cars and find what speaks to you, and, and there will definitely be those of us out there, you drive a McLaren after you drive the, the C8, you know, like, no, McLaren, I, I'm doing McLaren. Sure, that could very well happen, but, and I hope it does. But at the same time, what's interesting, and as you're pointing out here, you started with the Z car and the Super, and you're up to McLaren, and you're still going. I know you're still going, but the thing is... This is not a list that the last Corvette would have been taken seriously against. Right. Unless you were a Chevy guy. Right. Now we have non Chevy like people my going. F- my pal with the. Th- uh, Cor- Corvette, <laughs> maybe.
1: Ferrari 360 Modenas, everybody, are oh, yeah. in the $75,000, $80,000 range. You could have a Ferrari. You could say, I own a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Or you've got the new VET used Aston Martin Vantage, Mustang GT350R, a mm. Jaguar F-Type R. <laughs> How about a used Lamborghini Gallardo from 2004? I'd rather have the Vet the Gallardo. Yeah. <laughs> Mercedes AMG GTS. I found one for $89,000. Oh, that's a great car. Save some money. That's a great car. It's a great car. Mercedes wow. SL, Lexus LC500. A mm. year old LC500 or a new Vet. Yeah. Okay. What, who are you? Yeah. And as you mentioned the 4C, and, of course, all the rest of us that couldn't afford a Ford GT. Good news. <laughs> You've got <laughs> one
0: kind of close. This is what's fascinating about this new vet. It absolutely is, is. is. Just in the few days since it's been launched, the range of people we've spoken to about it has been vast. <laughs> it's astounding. From, from guys that, that aspire to a $60,000 car but couldn't even afford half of one to guys who are looking down at the vet from their multi-car collection are all going, have you seen the new Corvette? Yeah. That's a, that's a victory, and I haven't sold one.
1: Astounding. So as my friend said at the end of our conversation, good luck, every other manufacturer. Good luck, everybody. Good luck competing, because <laughs> Corvette is now the best car on the planet. That's what they've set themselves hey, up as. Hey, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Couldn't all go there. I'm not all sold on that. But I maintain the reason that every other manufacturer can now jump back in and be very relevant in terms of attracting buyers, offer a manual to us enthusiasts. You're right. There is and that option. then we'll go, I wanted the new Corvette. I could save money, but no manual.
0: Well, and we'll I, I think even tougher. I think there'll be a thing that happens here as well because there was a question. And I don't have it in front of me. There's a question about what are the exotic manufacturers going to do? The Ferraris, the McLarens. What are they? Lamborghini. What are they going to do in response? <laughs> and my and my honest answer is nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I because agree. Because it's because what what's going to get pushed there is the branding and exclusivity of. I'll, I'll make a more uh, everyman comparison. You bought an '86 new, or you bought a Cayman new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, from a from a normal budget perspective, similar vast difference in budget. I had twenty five, or I had seventy. Okay, right, right. And absolutely. if you jump in a came, brand new Cayman or a brand new '86, you know the difference in build quality. You know the difference in prestige. Now we can argue which one's more fun that's a gray area but you know the instant difference in prestige and and quality the minute you sit on either one of those absolutely that's going to be the argument for the person buying the McLaren or the Lamborghini or the Ferrari is that prestige and build versus the Corvette and then the other thing that's going to happen is everybody's as excited as we all claim Mm -hmm. these are going to be everywhere. Yeah, true. They're going to come and out. And so like it's going a, to be cars and coffee and there's going to be the entire row of <laughs> C8s and then everybody's going to be going, oh my gosh, a McLaren just pulled up yeah, because exactly. that's different. Like, hey, look, a Supra. Somebody's on a every, Supra. Everybody, <laughs> the wow, guy in the Supra is going to have people standing around in a circle going, a Supra. That's that's very <laughs> exactly. funny, actually. But But, you know, there's no argument about the fact that the C8 I mean, all the guys of the line of C8s, we will applaud all of them for good purchasing. But at the same <laughs> totally. time, they're going to be everywhere, which, you know what? I hope GM sells them faster than they can make them. That'd be amazing. No kidding. All
1: right. So we're coming back to more Corvette uh, talk a little bit later. <laughs> Aren't you podcast. surprised? But we've got to jump to our topic Tuesday, which is a question from Chris Lawless, who said, mm. how about a blank slate? The evolution of everyday drivers. And he Ooh. meant cars, but oh. we could we yeah. could take this in a bunch of different directions. Yeah, yeah said, you know, on one hand, how about a driver that prefers sports cars, and on the other, somebody who prefers GTs or sedans. Mm-hmm. And if they were looking for growth as a driver and progressing through the years as a, you know, your driver skill and car ownership and getting more and yeah. more expensive and yeah. theoretically better, even though that can be diced up. Yeah. You wouldn't start at a Viper. You wouldn't start there as a yeah, new yeah, yeah. driving enthusiast. You'd start at an MX5 Miata, mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. sure, how would sure, you progress? Sure.
0: So he's already got Miata, but he's, he's looking for what's next. Well, we this all that, are. Based on the kind of stuff you like, what are your proclivities? What, what is your progression of car purchasing? What should you go? And I actually added a category. Oh, you did? No I've kidding. I've got a GT category, which is what he asked about. Okay. Which, and I stayed front engine, long nose, traditional GT feel. Okay. I've got a sports car category, which means kind of light focused, you know, sports car kind mm-hmm. of feel. Mm-hmm. And then I just did a power category. Oh, well, there is You're somebody that likes power. Yeah, so I've got that as well. Excellent. This this could be the next hour conversation we should try to to contain it because obviously I've already established it, and I know you have as well that there are lists to follow. More
1: lists. All right. So starting with sports cars and and again, this is a There's there's arguments to be had, what defines a sports car and which category does it fit in. But there's a lot of gray area I found at the very end and and mid pack with all these cars Mm -hmm. as you move through your car ownership. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of crossover and overlap, and so we just we disclaim it, we
0: (laughs) disclaimers and caveats and This is the bar discussion. Blah. This is the bar discussion. (laughs) If if all of you (laughs) sitting with us at a bar were having this discussion, this would be the rest of our actual living, breathing lives. We would never get through any one of these topics done.
1: <laughs> okay, so imagine a perfect world where you start out as a new driver with low budget. You start mm-hmm. with an MX5 yeah. Miata. And then you, you know, you move your way up to middle management where you get a Toyota 86 or a Cayman <laughs> or an Elise. Okay, yeah. Then finally, you need to experience a Toyota Supra and you need to experience a Mustang GT350R. Okay. But what after that? You know, after that, you went to an Acura NSX and then moved your way to a 911 or a Nissan GTR. And then finally, you know, you move towards the Audi R8, whatever that becomes in the future. And then maybe you make vice president, mm-hmm. you're in a McLaren <laughs> 570 GT or a Huracan. Great. Okay. But then, you know, what if you're king of the world and you can actually go to a Pagani Huayra, a Chiron, a Koenigsegg Jesko. But with the power and the specs that came out on the Lotus Avaya, mm-hmm. that's kind of at the the. Pinnacle, the thing way out there, the it is unreachable. Isn't it? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see
0: if it's real. It's, <laughs> if you can get one. Yeah,
1: but I list these in terms of not just price, mm-hmm. but what these cars can do. Mm-hmm. They're very similar in architecture. Well, yeah, there's, except for, well, there's, a well there's a progression, progression a, there. There's yeah. a few I know that aren't, going, yeah. but very different cars. You know, the GT350R is going to feel very different from a GTR, Nissan GTR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. different than a 911. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the mid-engine cars. And, you know, if you could afford it, ideally, yeah. But, you know, the the bottom tier there is stuff I think everybody should experience as a driving enthusiast. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I actually I actually started at a even base level that's in none of these categories i thought started the 16 year old and you're worried about what things cost Mm -hmm. you're worried about insurance but and you also need a completely like a like a it's not a palate cleanser because you haven't been driving yet but a completely just well set up dynamics world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. small cheap hot hatchbacks
1: I was thinking about that because the ST front
0: wheel drive cars need to be in there as an the Fiesta ST. Yeah, the 500 Abarth, the Mini Cooper, the Honda Fit with a manual. Sure, these are all. I mean, obviously, I've got some turbos in there, so be careful of your insurance. But this yeah. kind of very small, very chuckable, very usable front wheel drive world, I feel like, is anybody's starting place. It doesn't matter what you're going to get into later. Because as you get into other drivetrains and other power setups later, that is a fantastic baseline to have. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. and those are not the only ones in that category. But I just felt like those were the first four that struck me: Fiesta ST that were that's just stopping being sold here, 500 a Mini Cooper and Honda Fit with the manual are genuinely good chassis, genuinely really good to drive, and they are cheap. They are used cheap. All of them. That's what I keep coming back to as far as the percentage of
1: fun that you're having. Yes, I agree with you. And then you go to a, some McLaren. Are you having 100% more fun?
0: <laughs>
1: it's, well, it's there's up. 100% more adrenaline <laughs> for a variety of reasons. 400% more Bill. Yeah, I hear <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. But- how much more fun are we having versus great question. It's
0: a great question. I don't care if something breaks, I'm going to throw it in and yeehaw. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm going to run through my sports car list real quick. It's very similar to yours. I, I have three to four categories, like three to four steps of mm. each of these. And so I've got multiple cars each step, if you will. So step one of your sports cars is, yes, MX586. That's you've joined into rear-wheel drive sports cars, light, understand the dynamics, enjoy that. Step two, Cayman. Lotus Elise, Alpha 4C, Honda S2000. That's the Good. step up. Good, yeah. Okay? Step three, Z06 Corvette. Possibly the C8. We haven't driven it yet. But Z06 sure, Corvette is sure. the step up, as is the 911, the Avora, and the NSX. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the upper tier, which, of course, you should go to astronauts. But the upper tier is your your Ford GTs, your McLaren, and your Lamborghinis. Mm-hmm, yeah. Different feel on all of those. Obviously, Ferrari goes there, too. That's, that's the sports car list from me. I know somebody's going to tell us we forgot car X oh, in oh, this list. I that, know that's no, going to happen. That's I, I'm not planning on everything I list to be definitive. I'm giving you a flavor <laughs> this is the of each list, layer. This is only the list. Yes, and thank the list you for listening. Be. And there, this will be stamped later <laughs> exactly. and certified. Yes, so it comes on a
1: scroll. You uh-huh. unscroll this list for GT sedans. I started at a Toyota 86 mm-hmm. because you still doesn't matter as an enthusiast. You've got to experience this car. But I had the Civic Type R after that because you need to feel Mm, what a really competent, really great, turbocharged, manual, front-wheel drive, sports car. But it's a sedan. But Mm, but it feels like a sports car. But I can commute in it. And it's fairly inexpensive Mm, in mm. the world of cars. The BMW 2 Series is on my list, too, in any capacity, whether it's an M2, a 240, whatever that is. But then I went to an M3, and we've actually, I forget who asked, uh, a good question. Why would you get an M3 if you like M2 so much? Why why an M3? It's bigger, heavier. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. You have to drive what speaks to you. If it does, it's not that much bigger than a 2 Series. It's a little bit. And there's a little bit more back. They're surprisingly space.
0: similar in weight, but, but, but the M2 question. feels much smaller.
1: You're getting more power, sure, yeah. but... What are you getting? If it's a chassis feel, if it's just, Mm -hmm. uh, who knows? All right. So I think in this category, you need to experience electric. Okay. I do think a Model S or a Model 3 needs to be on this list as comparison purposes, not necessarily from a handling perspective, but from an ownership, a tech, and acceleration. Mm -hmm. What electric will do.
0: Yeah, that's why I had to create my power category. So there's some stuff in here that's not really GT, but just throwing down power. Sure, sure,
1: sure. Going from there, Jaguar F-Type has got to be on this list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as one of the GT cars, premier GT cars on the planet. But then, you know, of course, there's Mercedes-AMG E63 S's they They're, you know, all-knowing,
0: all-encompassing, and <laughs> You don't world-crushing. think it was a GT car, but you could take the entire family make everybody scream. And by the way, the bags are in the back, too, as long as the hatch didn't come open. I don't see a problem. Yeah.
1: You could choose an M5 in that same category, but then moving from there, what about a Vantage as you said? The Mercedes AMG GTS or GTR yep. is on that list. Yep. That is just a hammer. It's just it's a fantastic car. It's it's a it's hulk. It, yeah. point it at a thing, a racetrack, a road, a driving mm-hmm. event, it will smash it.
0: <laughs> and it's got Here's the thing. I, I remember driving that when we first drove it a couple times. It is such a great 911 competitor. But it has, which is what it's designed to be. But it has a 911 feel mixed with a muscle car sensibility. Oh, yeah, that's what it does so well, while having a grand interior. Just because the 911, smash. the 911 has no muscle car sensation at all. It doesn't. Whereas the Mercedes AMG GT has the 911 feel. With just a little bit of hot rod muscle car, yeah. which is fascinating. It's restrained, to but that. it's there. But it's yeah, restrained, yeah, yeah. but it's
1: there. And then, of course, a 911 Turbo S. The, the amazing thing about 911s is how they can behave. in different flavors of the range they can go behave as pure sports cars. But then they can kind of feel like a GT car, like the Turbo S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be more of a GT car. It can do all of sports car things. It can do yeah. them magically. Yeah, sure. But then it can just be this rocket ship and yeah. you know high speed, long distances kind of thing. Mm. And then, of course, take the prior crazy
0: list from my last one and tack it onto the back of this one to keep going because <laughs> right. there's so much there's so there's, much overlap. How much a money lot of do overlap. you make in your life? There's a lot of overlap in all of these lists. I agree with that. I'm going to run through my power list real quick because it overlaps with some of that stuff and then I have a separate GT list very quickly. For power, I thought, okay, if you stepped it for little hot hatchbacks, but you're, but you're interested in, you, you live in Florida. You live in West Texas. It's not about curvy roads. It's about I'm going to make everybody laugh. Mm-hmm. This is the world you're mm-hmm. in. You, you like that power world, which is all good. Right. You need a tuned hatch or sedan. This right. is where your WRX goes, your Fiesta ST, your Mazda Speed. You've gone, you've gone crazier, and there's tuning Fair potential. Enough. You just play oh, with the tuning world for a while. You do that. Step up from that next level is Mustang GT, Camaro SS. You've gotten a rear-wheel drive. Sure, sure. That flavor. Challenger goes here. M3, M4 goes here. Even the Chevy SS goes here. Interesting, sure. So bigger, you're having fun there. But then, of course, you have to step up again. This is where your Hellcats are. Next level is Hellcat. GTR goes here. GTR is a crazy fun in a straight line. The, uh, the Nissan or the, the, Nissan the uh, AMG? No, the Nissan GTR okay. All goes right. here. All right. uh, you could do GT350R. I think that fits in a few categories, but it could go here. Uh, ZL1 would be here. Because, again, you are in a Mustang uh, GT and an SS lower on this list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so ZR1, that's a... Just a hammer, bullet, straight line. <laughs> that that guy. is as much of a smash car as the absolutely the it Mercedes is. AMG. You could put Viper here. Viper could go elsewhere. You could also put Viper here. But also in this up, upper level power list, 911 Turbo. Yeah. And any P100 version of a Tesla. Of a, sure, right. I can see that. What's your packaging need? Get it in the uh, the P100 monster. Tesla, and you've got plenty of power for any discussion. It's not just the power on those cars, it's the power delivery. Exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. A- which absolutely, is absolutely, yes. two different things,
1: because we think, oh, you know, fast car, but mm-hmm. like my Cayman is a fast car. It's not that fast off the line.
0: It's, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's sufficiently quick, but that's, it's not like tear your head totally. off. Totally, that's the discussion we've had with plenty of people on this show. It's like they have a tuned uh, STI with 500 horsepower. What oh. do they go to next? Something totally different. Yeah, ag- agreed. Because you start to get in those crazy, like right now, power deliveries, you've almost got to step out of that stream into something else. Because then it's just this progression of power, 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 power. And there's where does it go? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very difficult to find it and use it. GTs really quickly. I'm thinking straight traditional front engine. Okay, fair okay. Enough. And and typically in most of these cases, we're talking two doors. This is I typically, would, Very very cheap. Sure. Uh, at the base, it seems like a lot for the base. So I I think I'm actually going to move one of them up. But base, so let's go Genesis Coupe, mm. EcoBoost Mustang. Okay, okay. Very good long-distance GT cars. Still have some sports car feel, but that's that's their setup. Second level, let's how about a Pontiac GTO? They're crazy cheap, but they work here. They are. The they Lexus work. RC, the old Porsche 928, or an Audi S5. A5 really? or S5. Really? That's the next level. Going up from there, the M6. Sure. The Jaguar F-Type, the Aston Martin Vantage. Yeah, yeah. Go up from there. That's where the Mercedes AMG GT goes, and the Ferrari FF. Oh, good, good. That is very much a GT car. Can I, you track it? Sure. That is my that is my secret guilty pleasure. I, I have crazy is. money car. I would buy an <laughs> FF or a Luso, and that would be I, that guy here is my hero. That I would know. Be he my is. winter car. That's hilarious. Absolutely. it was anyway. for the summer. FF for the winter. That hey, I
1: like that. That's garage. quite a garage. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Glad the debate goes on. What car did we leave off the list? Mini. Yeah. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time, until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car,
1: and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them.
0: These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long.
1: We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything.
0: All you have to do is go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance.
1: Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today.
0: We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at AutoTempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into AutoTempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more,
1: or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can
0: with AutoTempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want.
1: So if we give you drive homework, or you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease, Autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Patrick T. in Minnesota is writing with the question on everybody's mind. Back to Corvettes. (laughs) Hey, hey guys, have you heard there's a a new Corvette? I think it's called the C. Is it the 8? I don't know. (laughs) Patrick is 40-something. He got addicted to sports cars with a 1984 300ZX in high school. All right, all right. After a 20-plus year break from cars, he purchased an 08 Z51 Corvette manual, in 2016 Okay Now right. he wants something newer Maybe different He loves Corvettes But maybe he's missing out On something mm-hmm. He says This is going to be My fun only car 95% of the time It's going to be On curvy roads In Minnesota Love On it. the weekends Love it And his daily Is a pickup It's an F-150 Because whose isn't Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because they're, right. they're Practically passing those out In certain states So yeah <laughs> Exactly now, he's driven a 2019 Camaro ZL1, and he says, I love the power, but I don't know what i do with all that power. There's a lot there, yes. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> the tire guy at your local tire shop is going to be wondering, like, why are your back tires down to the cords and the front tires that the hairs are still on them? Like, what, <laughs> what, what happened?
0: <laughs> well, I It's just um... <laughs> it's all figure 11s everywhere he goes. <laughs>
1: He said he's, uh, you know, considering the GT350 Mustang, he says, fun, great sound, but he just doesn't want to be another
0: Mustang owner. Well, but we've talked about that before. Okay. The, the, the difficulty with the GT350 is that if you know cars, you're like, whoa. If you don't know cars, it, is, it, it may as well be a rental Mustang. You, it's hard for the non—I <laughs> know that sounds weird. Oh, that's, know such, that a weird. that's no, such a shot. weird. No, because the non-car enthusiast has trouble differentiating why that's different. Well, that's all Mustang. I'm saying.
1: Mustang, did you rent that? I mean no. And, and this
0: is the thing. This is a this is an asset to something like an M two or M three because they can vanish and the non-car enthusiast doesn't know. It's a detriment to the GT three fifty. You're right, but it's
1: such a shot. <laughs> I, I don't mean to offend, but it's true. <laughs> All right. Moving on, he says he's looking at a nine nine six turbo, maybe an 1. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very fast, but he says I want something newer. How about a 997 Turbo? Yeah, I see it. He says, but, you know, the 996 is priced very right for $48,000, only 47,000 miles. By the way, Patrick's budget is 70 grand. He said maybe 72. I know. Which is in the C8 sweet spot. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is for sure. That's why he asked this question. (laughs) He wants and needs a manual transmission. Okay. However, he could be talked into the right dual clutch. I mean, it's the email's writing itself. It is <laughs> actually his, his C- specs C- on G- C8
0: C- build C- sheet <laughs> is writing itself. It's That's writing what's itself happening. Here. It's, it's practically like it's automatically. Somebody can create a bot and just check boxes. Seriously, for them they read the Seriously, and he wrote this yeah. to
1: us before the Corvette reveal yeah. got revealed. All right, so you know a, a new Grand Sport Vet right now is close to the same money and spec as the 2017 with miles. And he thinks discounts will get better as the C8 gets closer. And by the way, the C8 is our understanding either comes out late this year or early 2020. So when it can actually be purchased, plus there's going to be all the people who ordered theirs, Mm -hmm. those are going first. And we don't know what's going to happen to dealer markup. We assume it's going to be nasty, but it depends on the dealer and we're we're not sure what's going to happen. So by the time actually people get their cars will be in 2020. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. So there's still some waiting period at this point. And he says, despite no manuals, he really likes the AMG GTS. Why don't we hear more about this car? I've, Sort of recently rediscovered it and looked at it and thought, well, for $89,000. That's the thing. Have it's just now
0: dipping into why aren't we all talking about well, that kind of price? Holy moly. Yeah.
1: And they're continuing to plummet from there. GTSs, mm-hmm. I'll bet you you could soon find one for eighty, Maybe just a tad. They're under. right around
0: there already. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Compelling. We've talked about the Jaguar F Type, but he said it's two to 300 miles for him to go do his drive home work on find both one. of these yeah. cars. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean maybe maybe you wrap it into some sort of business trip or vacation. It's <laughs> a vacation. If you that's can. For sure. yeah. Um, you know, just a suggestion. He loves Porsches. but you know, what is he looking at for cost of ownership? referring to the nine nine seven turbo, that's gonna be you know, you're gonna need to keep keep on top of it. My Cayman ownership has not been bad, really. It's no, just you've been had a
0: but of as we oil said changes before. and tires and Yes. As we've said before, here's the difference as you climb the Porsche lineup. Porsche is about regular maintenance. Do all your maintenance intervals. As you get higher up the Porsche food chain, the problem is the list at every maintenance interval is significantly longer. Mm -hmm. The list for my base Cayenne versus the list for a Cayenne Turbo, I think the list is three times as long for the Mm -hmm. Turbo Mm -hmm. because of all the stuff you have to check, maybe replace. Now, it could all be fine, but you're just going in and handing up a much bigger to-do list, so that's... More time for the for the mechanic just paying his time and then you may find more stuff because there's more stuff on it. As I've said before, Porsches don't typically randomly break, but you need to do your maintenance on your thoroughbred and the mm-hmm. list the higher the more snorty it is,
1: the <laughs> yeah. longer
0: that list is tires I mean when was the
1: last time you had a full body physical I mean maybe the last time you started a brand new job and they mm-hmm. required it or something it just we just don't think about it we don't doesn't yeah. really occur that often but this is sort of like having a full body physical every six
0: months yeah
1: it's kind of like oh, it's oh, it's that time again darn it alright well, and, gotta and, deal with it
0: and most of the Porsches are about 30,000 mile intervals maybe 40 and mm-hmm. you got here comes your list you just got to be aware <laughs> Patrick
1: I've alluded to this before it 's the Apple problem, yeah, the new thing comes out, and everybody goes, oh, gotta be kidding me. I should have waited why didn't I wait? I'm an idiot. I think with the new c eight it's going to be along those lines, but it's still it's not in everybody's budget. sixty grand seventy grand seventy five grand is still an expensive car it it's is. out of absolutely the reach of absolutely. many many people absolutely. so it's out I of can't the question touch that car yeah. But for your budget and what you're shopping and the list that we've identified of cars that do compete, mm-hmm. I do think that people who get a used C7 any, at this point, any time, you're going to have a hard time not looking over, oh, oh, there they are. People are starting to get them. I'm just going to go be happy with my C7. I'm I'm going to go is, for a drive.
0: The C7 Grand Sport's great. a great I'm car. I'm not trying to take anything away from I it. I hear it's, you. I it's hear that,
1: you. Tyranny of the new is what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. The cars are still great, but it's that, uh, grr, it's that thing that's going to eat at you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to happen more often than not. Mm-hmm. So what I suggest to you is wait for the C8. You're so curious about it, and you've written the GM marketing brief in your email. <laughs> Why don't you go get yourself an M240i or a Cayman? Because if you get one of those kinds of cars, maybe that actually stays in your garage when you do get the C8 Corvette. Wow, okay, all right. What if it turned into your daily? I know you're in Minnesota, and I know you need the F-150 to bomb around in. But what if you didn't? What if you started driving that 240, and it was more of a, you know what, I can just rely on it. It's not an event. I'm just mm, getting in my mm. car, and I'm going to the store, and it's mm. fun, and I can just get out on a you know, windy road and just go take it. Mm. What if you got something like a hot hatch? What if you got a GTI or mm, I you know, something going. like yeah. that? And it's just, you know what, it just... It's great to have when I don't want to fire up the truck and mm. my C eight is the fun. That's an event. We're going driving now. Yeah. Could you do that with it? Yes. Could you go to Starbucks yeah, sure. and the grocery store and whatever? Apparently golfing, yeah. And good thing, those golf clubs are trapped back there. They <laughs> cannot reveal themselves during the drive. <laughs> so happy about that. So what if you got just, you know, kind of a tied over car? Interesting. Just held okay. you over and maybe it's inexpensive enough that it doesn't leave the family maybe I it see. is a fiesta st right. maybe it's yeah, just I see where you're going. it's fun it's delightful mm-hmm. back to my percentage discussion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're ahead. having a blast yeah.
0: while you're waiting for your ordered c8 yeah. all right all right that's my thought i like this i like this i hadn't thought of thought of that twist cuz i i think one of the big things is you said how much of a vet fan you are and you have a 2000 a uh, 2008 yeah. and you really like Corvettes, you like a new experience, this is where the C7 doesn't go far enough. And I like the C7. It's a fantastic but car. jumping from your current Corvette to the C8 is going to be a very different experience. Oh, sure. Oh, jumping sure. from your current Corvette to the brand new C7 Grand Sport is going to be an improvement and refinement on all the things you're used to. Okay, sure. Whereas the C8 is going to be mid-engine, different animal. Sure. So I think if you're looking for different experience, and of course it's got a dual clutch, like I said, you wrote the marketing brief. I think it's worth waiting for the C8. I do think you should try to drive the AMG GT. I think it is that special. Oh yeah, absolutely. The 997 Turbo, I know that's in your area. I think that, that car's phenomenal. I actually think it's going to feel a bit clinical after owning it for a bit. Do you? I think you're going to find it. I I think it, it's, it's almost too good.
1: Eh, yeah, I can see that. It's so good. But,
0: you know, you're going to have to go pushing speed and pushing totally. on track days totally. to go wring its neck. But but since you drove something like the ZL1 and he was like, when would I use all this power? Yeah. The ZL1, I mean, the, put it another way, the 997 has got even less of a raucous personality than the ZL1. Okay, yeah. And the ZL1 is one of those cars I talked about when we drove it versus the GT350R. The ZL1 made speed shockingly easy. And so does the 911 Turbo. <laughs> yeah, it does. And so if you're wondering about where would I use this power, I think that might come back to you again in a 997 Turbo. Hmm. Whereas as I've already said that the Mercedes has such a a, a verbally, you know, I'm a There's little bit angry. Loads of personality, personality there. there. Yeah. And I think the C would be totally different. I think these are these are probably your your main areas to be in pretty interesting
1: I mean like I said the the Corvette is still expensive it's completely but it's right, but it's right in his budget and so anything underneath that is still valid I mean that's there's still so yeah. many cars that are yeah. still valid and still give you that
0: you know the thing I was looking for that you know what that
1: you know well new C8 just doesn't seem like it's going to do it for me it's and while great. we're in
0: this thing if, if you really look if you really want to go new experience Patrick and this is just a fun drive car and you are based on your description you are not a guy that's looking for the outer edge of the envelope you need to drive an Alpha 4C. Oh, sure. Sure. I can see that. Because that car. It's not on the that, But here's the thing. That car on a public road at 7 or 8 tenths is brilliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's brilliant. And it feels unlike just about anything else. I had a conversation with a guy at Cars and Coffee yesterday. Oh, you did? Okay. Who was asking me about my Elise. And we were talking about it. And he said how much he's really. In- he drives an M3. Okay. How fair. much he's really intrigued by the Alpha 4C. But he's oh. never driven in a lease. Oh. We were talking about it. I was like, you would love the 4C. You would thoroughly enjoy it. And then somewhere in the discussion, I mentioned our Mid-Inches of Mountains film. Okay. Which All he's right. seen Icon but because he, he's a BMW guy. But he hasn't seen mid Ages of Mountains. Okay. okay. And I mentioned, well, you know, in that film, we talk about how the Lotus is more hardcore than the 4C. And I swear to you, he nearly passed out. Seriously? He went, he went wait, what? Really? He was so shocked by how raw the 4C was, the concept that the Elise could be farther down that scale <laughs> nearly scared him. Really? He was like, he was, I would have, seriously? It's like I don't know if I can do that, <laughs> you know. And I said, I said you need to drive it just to understand if you can do that. Because uh-huh. that's the thing is that the four C is the much more like daily usable. He was like the four C is not usable. I was like compared to what a lease, <laughs> it actually is it's a sedan, and you comparison. know. So, but that's the thing. The four C at that seven eight tenths on a back road, it that's when it shines. Get the spider if you can because it's even better for that. All right, Nissan, come on, drop a surprise on us. End of the year, let's drop
1: a bomb on everybody and just splash back in and get your name relevant in sports car world again. Do something. Bring a, even if it's a... You know. Bravo. I don't care what it is. Bring an 86
0: competitor. Yeah. Bring an 86 competitor Lower, and you high will get just as much press as the C8 is getting right now and you could sell it for 25 grand. Hello? Come on. All right. Many questions.
1: Guys, thank you so much for the variety, the yeah. amount. This is amazing. It's a question from Andrew Horner on Facebook who says his brother isn't a car guy, but he pointed out how he's seen negative oh, car yeah. topic-related comment sections and he says, Often they're just they're horrible they're dumpster fires on social media, (laughs) and so from that he thinks well car people must just be awful to hang out with, Mm. based Mm. on these comments. Okay, I mean we can make the argument for any topic, but you're right that it can devolve very quickly because you know, I'm I'm in this camp, you're in that camp, and fight. Okay,
0: I get that. Yes, on that category, real quick before you go on, the cars are like sports teams. Right, your your yeah. buddy that said GM best best car company on the planet. That's okay? a great example. Yeah. But cars cars like sports teams, really, really. I mean, everybody everybody back away because I know I'm about to like like throw rakes at everyone. Okay, <laughs> are you gonna pour I'm gasoline not, I'm on I'm the now fire? I'm throwing rakes and pouring gasoline. Oh, I'm coming in both barrels. Fantastic. Anyway, no, seriously, step away for a second. Is your sports team really that much better than every other sports team? Sure. Is I, your college football team? Just start start backing away. Start trying to get, just for a second, a little bit like a little like sunshine through the clouds perspective <laughs> on is it really that much better? Because what you're doing ultimately is you're arguing minutia. And in this year, in an 83, we did this, and it hasn't been since 89 that you've done. Come on. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. It, it, they're borderline religion, sports teams and cars. Yeah. So you entrench on your team. I mean, we met plenty of guys who are like, I'd never buy a Ford. It's like, but here's the cars you should buy. I'd never buy a Ford. But but, but did you not you know hear the part about
1: the, pretty good, the good
0: car? Uh, right. Toyota, never buying a Toyota.
1: Right, right. Come on. It's based on preconceived notions. And you know what? It's fine to have those, and we get that. So Andrew's question here is, you know, it made him realize that he needs to do his part to not be so hard on cars and car owners instead of showing good taste. Or, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be critical. And so I, I answer your point, your point, and I think the the larger question you're asking is, what do we need to do as a car community mm. My dad, growing up, always set the example for me. And he always told me, Paul, I'm setting the example for you. And he he never beat me over the head with, you have to do blank. He was he was just quietly, mm. literally setting the example of how to interact with people, what to do in various yeah. situations. And so, of course, I'm always looking at him to observe, okay, now, what's he do? Oh, so that's how he handled it. I would have handled it differently. But, wow, the outcome that he got out of that was pretty great. Mm. People mm. like him a lot. And so... I come to you with the example that Todd and I set. We can be critical of cars, and then I think, well, gosh, I know all the people that worked on it designed it and well you know it's a corporation it's many decisions and it turned out because of you know not mm-hmm. just one person there's never one person that's responsible for an entire car yeah it just doesn't happen oh, absolutely true yeah. so i'm not being critical of that person i'm being critical of the outcome and the way it makes me feel and ultimately it's our opinion mm-hmm. and we welcome other opinions and i say competition is healthy and that's what yeah keeps yeah, yeah. debates alive mm-hmm. that's what yeah. creates the rivalries i'm all for that in a healthy construction you know what you've got some great points over there hopefully, and I, I yeah, do love hopefully. a lot of the things you're saying but here's what I'm feeling and we, we definitely make it respectful especially on Discord the uh, the Patreon forum yeah, so yeah, all yeah, of you're on really that hard, and it's, yeah. it's continually growing and so we just encourage you can see it on our YouTube comment replies social media replies it's just you know what? We can always learn. We are not the definitive answer. We True. love discussing that. We love learning, and we love, hey, here's my opinion. Here's my take based on who I am and what I like.
0: Absolutely. And you have to respect the opposite person's po- point. And the other thing that, that I think, the thing that happens at sports teams and cars again, the thing that happens in, in the, anything we entrench ourselves in is we cease to see that there are any cons. It's oh, all just sure. pros. It's all sure. just pros. Yeah, Honestly, bring any car to us, from the ones we drive to the ones we hate, <laughs> Sure, truthfully, and we can tell you good and bad things about all of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. And I think that's the hard part sometimes is we become entrenched in our group. And this is let's, – let's be honest. I'm not going to go political, but this is what's going on politically in this country and around the world right now is we have my side and yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of the places where all of us overlap – Sure. All the places where we could agree on. We're not even talking about any of that anymore. Right. Yeah. I'm Chevy. You're Ford. Come on, guys. GT350R, Camaro ZL1, both brilliant. Right. Different. Both brilliant.
1: But ultimately, what our reviews, our TV episodes, everything we discuss, what we're wanting out of it is to generate opinions in others. Yes. You heard ours, Mm -hmm. and we're wanting to generate that in other folks. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, oh, okay, so I really like that. So as good
0: as you say this car is... I'd probably prefer that one. Totally. Good to know. And neither of these cars are perfect. Both of these cars have things that are weird about them. But by the way, did you see this? Because this car is awesome for this reason. But that one's also really cool. Craziness. Welcome to the argument. Ongoing. That's why we're here. (laughs) What is this? 480 episodes? 420. But anyway, you get my point. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. So Sean Hurt says, I'm recently smitten with the TSX wagon. Wasn't any good, and what are its competitors to look at? Well, all the CUVs and SUVs on the market. The reason the TSX wagon doesn't exist mm-hmm. is because it's a wagon. Yeah. But I say for contrarian purposes, because it was good. It's like driving an Acura TSX. It was a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. front-wheel drive sedan. Mm-hmm. It was. It's not the high-end sports car. It's not a Cayman Elise, but... Yeah. Man, it was pleasurable to drive, and plus, it's a wagon. Yes. It's unique. Yes. And it's still new enough and relevant enough that it would be a discerning choice. Mm-hmm. I think. I agree with that. Hey, what? Well, how come you didn't get a CUV? Yeah. There's many that are great, and CUVs are now turning into performance machines that do things they shouldn't normally be able to do. See if you can. They can your... your... now. Yeah.
0: See if you can find yourself the rare unicorn of the three series wagon, the three series touring. Mm-hmm. Uh, drive a Cadillac CTS wagon while you're at it.
1: Oh, good, 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 good. You yes. know, the higher up the like food that. chain of that,
0: the like better. That. But that's another one that's just unexpected. Totally. And totally. then, of course, what is it, the uh, the A6 that makes a really good wagon? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess there's an A4 Avant, too. In Europe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the, I guess it's the A4 Avant, <laughs> there, isn't it? Blank manufacturer makes a cool wagon. Yeah. In, in Europe. Europe. You're right, you're right. Uh, Royce Hart on Facebook said, Stinger, uh, Kia Stinger versus its sister car, the Genesis G70.
1: Mm.
0: Now, we have an episode that is actually this coming week on TV called Blue Cars (laughs) because (laughs) the cars are blue. It's a Sedans episode, but we have the brand new 3 Series, the Genesis G70 and the Alpha Julia. Mm-hmm. Not in super hot form. It's it's, a, it's actually a really surprising discussion. We were we were kind of shocked by where things went in this episode. So I'm very excited to share that with you guys. But I'm going to jump out of that. I'm going to pull that G70 headspace out of that episode and talk about it versus the Stinger. The G70 is definitely the smaller package of the two. You can tell when you drive it. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, I think sometimes you're a little more partial to the Stinger, Paul, than, than, than I am. I think I'm more partial to the G70 of sure. those two. The stinger, the, is, stinger. the stinger has more space. It's got the big hatch. And it, it isn't available at all in a manual. The G70, you true. get the small engine. You can get a manual true, if you want. Very true. The big engine is the same big engine as is in the Stinger, which is a brilliant engine, by the way. Brilliant move on their part. And it, and it has a tight – the G70 has a tight back seat. But if you're talking, like, classic sports sedan feel, the mm-hmm. G70 does it, I think, better than the Stinger.
1: Hmm. Question from Sharif Solomon on here. For me, which car manufacturer does the best white? Now, Ooh. <clears throat> I, I sense that you you know, poking the bear here because, you know, I don't love white on cars. <laughs> our, our tagline is everyday driver. Fans of white. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. However, white can be considered and associated with Class and taste and elegance, and all those things, you know, clean, pure, all those sorts of things. So I look at Aston Martin and I went looking on their website. As a matter of fact, they offer four current shades of white for sale. I'm sorry, four shades of white? White Stone, <sighs> Lunar White, Stratus White, and Morning Frost White. And Please they're stop. all different. They're all different and they all look good. I have to admit, they all look really, really? good, right. especially on a DBS Super Legera. Pretty nice. All right. What are the questions you got on here?
0: Oh, man. Morning frost.
1: Anyway. Morning um, frost, yeah. white. And it's, okay. it's more of a warm white. And the, the white stone is more of a cool tone.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jay Fadley on uh, Twitter actually wrote in and said, As someone who's never driven an active suspension car, can we speak to what the change is? What's the difference in feel? And would something like an 86 benefit from active suspension? I actually think that light cars shouldn't have it. Yeah. I think okay. that light cars benefit from you feeling the body roll because there isn't a lot of mass for it to move. Fair enough. I don't okay. want it on the Elise. I don't want it on the 86. I don't want it on the MX-5. Mm-hmm. I don't want it on the Fiesta ST. I don't want it on lighter cars because they're they're compact enough that I think the body movement is actually pleasing and informative. That's a really great point because you see it on larger,
1: heavier cars, Mm -hmm. and the entire point is to turn that larger, heavier car into the feeling you're
0: talking about. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The active suspension is taking a car that honestly would start to feel ungainly when you start throwing it around and making it feel tight and compact and controllable. Mm. and these these suspension systems are don't get me wrong, they're fantastic, they're fantastic, and we love them on big things like the Chevy SS, and you know there's Ride on the the GT350 if you want to go forward. Uh, Ferrari's had it forever. McLaren has a crazy suspension system, so you, you think about all of these companies that do it now, which is most of them at the higher level, I think it's interesting on big stuff. I think the smaller the car gets, the less you need it. Back nine, Ben, I hope this is answering your question about examples
1: of bigger cars that hide their weight well or light on their feet. Mm. Panameras, all of the magnetic ride-equipped cars from GM, yes. from Ford. From, yeah. I mean, name a car with an active suspension or a magnetic ride. Chevy SS should not feel as good as it yeah. does on the It simply a shouldn't. Heck, even the CTS-V was astounding. A $95,000 oh, yeah. Q equipped touchscreen. Yeah, but this thing
0: was astoundingly great. Well, it weighs over four thousand pounds. I mean, things that big shouldn't feel light and tight when you <laughs> throw them into a corner, and yet it just did it. There's another question from
1: Andy Ferguson 18 on Instagram: Why have cars gone more electronic? <clears throat> he feels like there are things to always break for no reason. His mini had a short in the throttle body, and it said it bricked his car for a few weeks. <laughs> Man, that's will- so awful. <laughs> that stinks. It does. Well, think back to the the early cars the tens the twenties the you know early 1900s cars okay. do you want to get in do you want to first of all crank your car hand crank it on the front and potentially have your arm torn off and then once you get in have to adjust the spark with the lever on the steering wheel do you have to you know either advance or almost, retard the spark time wait wait
0: wait almost oh wait the temperature's changing
1: I do, have to change it do again. you want to do that from the steering wheel and it's a mechanical lever and mm-hmm. Do you want to get up and walk across the room and change the channel? Or do you want to use the remote? <laughs> I <laughs> heard, you see where I'm going? Uh, yes.
0: I heard an investor once make a comment. <laughs> uh, uh, very interesting. An investor once that made a ton of money made a comment about the fact that he invests in things that will make people more comfortable. Wow. And he's never gone wrong.
1: Wow. E-
0: ease and of use or... And, and your remote is a great example. And your your Start start the car with the winder is a great example. But in all of these categories, what are talking about? We're talking about technologies or innovations where people are like, I can do less and be more comfortable. And and this was this guy's people entire this guy's back. entire strategy. He was like, if it's something where I can see I'm gonna be people are gonna be more comfortable in that area of their life because of this product, he'll put money into it and he's never lost. Holy cow. That's
1: fantastic.
0: I wish I had money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, interesting.
1: Andy, it, honestly, it's it's ultimately for Reliability, I mean, modern electronic fuel injection or, or electronic ignition, excuse me. Imagine what that has done to reliability, longevity yeah. Yeah. for modern cars. Yeah. I mean, the, the way the engine management computer manages every aspect about your driving and things just run, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Fair it point. does stink when this is the upside. You're right. You know, when boxes go out and electronics fail and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, I think it's the upside far outweighs mm-hmm. the mechanical linkage that did the thing to control the. Well, I've got cable stretch and I got it. Well, the bolt fall out. And, oh man. Yeah. You know, so there's problems at any level, but ultimately it's ease of manufacturing. I mean, why 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 do we have laptops? Why do we have computers? Mm. Well, it automated well everything about our lives <laughs> down to banking and <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. There's an app for everything, of course. Sure. So it's it's like you're talking about it's comfort, ease of use, and ultimately long term reliability. I like it. Wow. Holy moly. Well, there's so many more questions we've got to get to, but guys, we're going to wrap it up there. And um...
0: <laughs> Did you hear that Corvette dropped a new car? I knew you, you going to say something. Did you hear about the C8? Yeah. I knew you were going to say something. Yeah. It's crazy. Apparently, it's a new generation. I think it's the eighth one. I'm not sure. I haven't really I, heard. I'm having a hard
1: trouble, a hard time agreeing with Corvette is the best car ever. I'm, I'm not convinced Actually,
0: GM is the best car company on the planet, but I love what they've done, uh, it's it's a it's a big it's rippling through the whole industry right it really now. It's certainly rippling through everybody's conversation. Actually, one other quick thing: there was that discussion that I've said and others have said, I hate the back of this car. Oh yeah, I showed you're, you. I still... am still on that. I am going to oh, stay man. on that. I saw somebody that did a very average Photoshop job, but their but their posting was fixed it. They put the current C seven rear uh-huh. on the back of the new C eight, and I have to say, loved it. Really, I yeah, I, I'm not
1: seeing what the problem is. Okay, I am not offended, but I'm not loving
0: it. Let's put it that way. But ultimately, I'm reserving it for in person. Totally. Well, the, and and I will say, the more I see this car in general, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. Look of it, I think it looks really really great. But I just don't like the back. So, uh, but we can apparently <laughs> graft on the C7 back and fix it. Perfect. <laughs> it's just, isn't that part of the options list? Like, do you want this front clip and that back clip? And that I'm Nick surprised we're not that. there and, yet. Yeah.
1: You know, how do you want your car to look? That would be interesting. Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Keep asking, and we're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.